Why should owner-operators have a business mindset? On the next episode of Driven Too Far, we're talking about the change from company driver to independent contractor. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. You know, we've talked before about lease programs being one of the hottest things in the industry, and uh what we do in our company is we knew there was a piece of education missing. Uh, we saw a lot of company drivers wanting to become lease operators. Uh, for most of them, it was the first time they've ever done anything like that, and they weren't they weren't really sure what to do. I think the only thing they really saw was, hey, there's more money to be made as a lease operator. At least they think there is. So today, I wanted to focus a little bit on one of the education pieces we do in our workshop that we put on whenever we have company drivers. Uh, taking a step into a, a lease program, we make them go through a series of education. And the first thing they do is some online business classes. Now, it's about 12 hours worth of training online. They can do it from the cab of their truck when they're at home. They can do it on their mobile device or, or whatever that is. And, and I will actually pay for that uh, because it's that important to me that they get the right education uh, when they're when they're taking this leap leap of faith, so to speak. Um, but the other thing we do too is we we do a mandatory workshop, and many times we'll bring a group of guys in or gals, whatever it may be, that are considering. Uh, doing the lease purchase thing, but they really don't know much about it or they haven't been exposed to it before. So we bring them in for a half day of what we call a uh, owner-operator workshop, and and we put them through um, just some conversation. And one of the biggest things we talk about that we really try to get um, get into their heads is talking about the mindset. And that's the mindset, you know, when you're a company employee, you really have... Uh, everything's kind of taken care of for you when you think about that. You're a company driver. Um, your loaded miles, your empty miles are paid the same. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, when it comes to uh, truck maintenance and fuel and fuel cards and how the bills are getting paid, you know, everything's just kind of handled. So as a company employee, you're really worried about a couple things, and that's making sure you get enough miles so the paycheck's big enough on Fridays, and then scheduling the home time and making sure that you get home when you need to get home. Beyond that, everything's kind of handled for you. But when you take the leap into an owner-operator program or a lease program with the carrier, uh, a lot of things are going to change for you. And the first thing is really you're thinking about the expenses. So not only are you still worried about the paycheck and the home time and stuff, but all of a sudden you're responsible for things like truck payments, insurance payments, um, you know, your fuel and your fuel card and how's all that stuff going to work. So I think it's really important to go through these education processes and try to uh, help people kind of flip that switch a little bit. Hey, you're about ready to be a small business owner and there's some things you you need to know. If you're going to be successful at it, you really need to know these things. Now, I think a lot of the lease programs for larger companies are set up so you can kind of take a company employee and plug them in to the owner programs. And, and they they got a pretty good chance of being successful, meaning everything's kind of laid out for them. As long as they run the miles, uh, they're going to be okay. Uh, but that, that's not always the case. And if 
there's a difference between some that are you know just making it and then some that you would call successful uh, if you want to be somebody in a lease program uh, that's that's highly successful and maybe even taking it to the step beyond that and having multiple trucks then we definitely got to talk about your mindset and how we're going to change that up as a small business owner now all of a sudden every decision you make around that truck is going to affect your bottom line it's going to affect how much money you take home to the family each week when you were a company driver, your empty and loaded miles were probably paid the same. Uh, now you have something different to think about. Your your loaded miles, if you're on a cents per mile plan, your loaded miles are probably one thing and your empty miles may not be paid at all or they may be paid at a different rate. So all of a sudden, you know, when you think about your next load or how far you're going to have to bounce to get to that next load, those little things start to impact what your bottom line or your paycheck's going to look like. Uh, at the end of the week. Now, if you're on a percentage program, which uh, a lot of carriers do with their lease programs, they put you on a percentage, you get a certain percentage of the revenue for that load, and then the empty miles in most cases aren't paid at all. So all of a sudden, if you're moving 150 or 200 miles to catch that next load, that's on you, and there's no compensation for it. Uh, you're burning fuel to get there. You're burning time to get there. So uh, you have to be thinking about those things. Downtime is kind of an interesting one to talk about. I uh, especially now. You think when I first introduced a lease pro purchase program to our company, you know, it was initially with some older trucks. These are three and four year old trucks that were coming off lease. We owned them. We could do a lease purchase with them, sell them to the driver. And over the course of 24, 36 months, something like that, there was a $1 buyout at the end. So it was a plan where the driver was actually going to own the equipment at the end of the, the lease. But today we're also offering a uh, a lease purchase or a lease operator program where we're doing brand new trucks for drivers. And I think the struggle there comes when you think, oh, I'm going to get into a brand new truck because it's it's probably under warranty. And when I think about things like maintenance and breakdowns and issues, um, I don't really, I shouldn't have to be that concerned. Let's just say that because, you know, there's a basic warranty there other than doing oil changes and, and lubes and, and things like that and tires once in a while. In theory, there shouldn't be a lot of extra expense there, but unfortunately, that's not necessarily the case today. So one of the things we're experiencing or have experienced or I've seen is that even the new trucks, and I keep calling them COVID trucks because a lot of them were built through that, uh, that era where everything was kind of shut down and then there's this problem we can't get parts. And if we do get parts, it's from a different supplier and not the original supplier. And you, you're just not sure about the quality of the parts. And so we're seeing a lot of things where even new trucks have a lot of bugs in them. Uh, they have sensors and wiring and different things failing that shouldn't be failing. And if you understand anything about a warranty where the truck might be covered bumper to bumper for that first 100,000 miles, but once you get past that, and remember that's probably only taking you 10 months to get to 100,000 miles on the new vehicle, uh, it's just the major components that remain under the warranty. So it's engine, transmission, rear ends. It does not cover or typically does not cover things like sensors and wiring and harnesses and all these other quirky things that have been going wrong. So 
you are now responsible for that and it seems it doesn't seem quite right you're you're doing this lease program you're probably paying a little more in your weekly uh payment on the truck to have that new vehicle for that sense of security uh where it's under warranty but you're still having to shell out some dollars for this extra maintenance stuff that probably shouldn't be happening so again when you become you make the move from company to owner the mindset has to be that you're going to put away every dollar you can it's really really important that you start putting those dollars away into a maintenance escrow or some kind of maintenance uh, savings fund and i think the trap for a lot of guys is you think okay if i make the move from company to to owner operator i'm going to make more money and you know what you're right the paycheck becomes bigger and they think they feel like they can probably just start spending more maybe i can catch up on my bills at home or you know invest in a new vehicle or something like that but the reality is you probably shouldn't be taking any more out of that check than you were as a company guy to run the household and the rest of it needs to go into that savings or maintenance escrow account if you don't do those things if you're not disciplined enough to do that uh, there's probably going to be a time where you find yourself in some trouble in short dollars while our guys uh, i have about 25 lease operators in our small fleet right now and uh, they're independent they're on their own and I keep them at a an arm's length because because they are independent status and and I want them running their own business and learning some things but I do try to keep a, an eye on them as well because what I can see in the background I can see the settlements every week and I can see how many dollars the truck is making for the week what kind of revenue is that piece or that asset making uh, for them and then I can see the expenses that come out and then I can kind of see the driver's net check and just by looking at those three different amounts I can kind of tell the health of the business for this particular owner operator so I review that every week uh, on Thursdays and I just I'm just watching for patterns more than anything um, I'm I'm not overshadowing it where I'm trying to get in their business too much but uh, on occasion I'll ask a guy if he wants to come in and visit a little bit or maybe I'll just call him and say, hey, how you doing? Um, I'm By the look of things here, it looks like maybe things are a little bit tight or maybe you're not making as much money as you thought you were. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I, you're right, I'm not. I just feel like I'm, I'm just barely making enough to get by and I'm not making any more money I was as a company guy or maybe I'm even in a worse case than I was as a company guy. So if I can get him to share that with me, then it's like, you know what? come on in let me help you because I can show you some numbers and we can figure it out together where you're kind of falling short so the first number I look at is uh, the gross revenue the truck makes for the week and in our particular case it's probably needs to be around six grand something like that um, and then if if he's not producing that kind of gross revenue that probably tells me he's not running enough miles because our contract rate is set it's the same for all the drivers and you can certainly tell who's running miles who's not and I may look at that not just for one week but maybe like a, a rolling six weeks because he's going to have some home time in there and we we need to account for that but usually six week snapshots pretty good it'll account for some home time and then you know when he is out working what kind of money is he making with the truck so um, that's what the gross revenue will kind of tell me his health is he, is he actually out there working enough or is he taking too much time off at home and one of the things we see or one of the kind of traps we see 
is if you're a contractor and you went home for the weekend, there's nobody picking up the phone on Monday morning telling you get your get your tail back in the truck. It's time to go to work. You're an independent and you get to make your own decisions like that. But again, it comes back to that discipline that you need to have. It's like, you know what? Have that conversation with your family. Hey, I'm home Friday night. I'll be off with you guys Saturday, Sunday, whatever it is. But 8 o'clock Monday, I need to be back in the truck. So you have to have the discipline to do that. Now, here's what happens. Let's just say you're not feeling it Monday morning. Uh, It won't hurt me to take another day off or so. For every day you take off and you don't work, that's $1,000 worth of revenue in your business that you never get back. And I can't overemphasize that enough. It's you don't get time back. So if you decide to take Monday off, you can't make up for that on Tuesday. It's gone. Monday's gone. That $1,000 bill is gone. And you still have expenses to pay uh, on that on that truck. The second thing I look at when I'm kind of looking through their six-week rolling averages is how much expense is coming out of the coming out of the check. We know what their truck payments are. We know what their insurance payments are. Um, and we know what their fuel cost should be if they're taking care of their fuel. So is it an MPG issue? Are they buying at the right stops? Are they taking advantage of fuel discounts like they should be? So those are a couple of the big things. Um, now, maintenance could pop in there. You could definitely see times where uh, you know, they only have to have oil changed every 50,000 miles or whatever that interval is. Um, so you can see the maintenance issues. But one thing we we'll always try to warn them while it's easy to skip on maintenance issues, don't do it. Absolutely don't do it. Don't try to push maintenance off because if you do have something starting to wear or go wrong and you push it off, by the time you get to it, it's probably going to cost you even more because it wore something else out along with it. And then the last thing, the last figure I look at is usually the net check of how much is actually going home in the bank. And I use a kind of a 60-40 rule. And what I what I tell them in class when we go through these workshops is that about 60% of the revenue you generate with that asset is going to go back into your business for expenses. It's going to be your fuel, your truck payment, your insurance payment, your maintenance, and those things. It should leave about 40% uh, for you to take home. Now, when you start looking at that number, and I caught a guy here uh, early this year, he was at 16%. Remember, he should be around 40% take home. He was only taking home about 16%. So pulled him in, had a chat with him and his wife, and I said, listen, I know you guys are struggling. This isn't what you signed up for, right? And he goes, no, it isn't. I said, I agree. I'm worried about you too. So let's try to you know, sift through this stuff and see what we can learn about. And what we figured out about this guy was he wasn't running enough miles per day, on average per day. He was probably averaging 300 and some miles per day, and it just it wasn't enough in our operation. The next thing we realized when we started looking at his hours and some of his uh, time off was he would unload today and then he'd tell dispatch, oh, we need to go shower and eat and clean up. Why don't you just reload us tomorrow? So he was doing that one or two times a week. He was telling dispatch to load him the next day, the next day. Well, that's two days a week. He's got lost revenue. And if you remember, we're saying if you're shooting for a thousand bucks a day or whatever that number is, that's 2000 bucks a week this guy wasn't 
wasn't getting. So it wasn't that hard to find and figure out what he was doing. We tried to help him with his habits and uh, just show him, here's what you need to do. Do you think you can do this? Yeah, I think I can do it. But it was just an, uh, an example of somebody first lease program he'd gone through um he just didn't understand it he wasn't quite there as a small business owner and stuff so i I truly believe that's our job um as the carrier if you're going to run these programs for people that you need to go the extra mile to help make them successful let me ask you about your habits real quick um as a you know, we talked as a company guy, everything was kind of handled for you. Uh, the company's paying for the fuel and the cost per mile on the fuel wasn't really any concern of yours. You didn't have anything uh, to worry about there. But now all of a sudden, it is your concern. So the question is, what kind of habits are you willing to look at to change your outcome of your business? So fuel's the big one. You know, and if your comp- if your business or your company that you're running isn't quite hitting the numbers that you want, are you willing to change to get the numbers you want? And while a lot of people will say, oh, sure, I'll do whatever it takes, man, habits are hard. It's really hard thing to change. Does that mean slowing your overall speed down? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to drop five miles per hour on average, run at 65 instead of 70 to improve your fuel mileage? The effect of that at the end of the year could be $10,000 in your pocket. So I can't answer those things for you, um, but I can try to educate you on them and try to help you uh, make better decisions as a small business owner. Here's one that uh, I know most people don't understand, and it's probably one of the more difficult things to explain and educate drivers on, and that's a fuel surcharge program. Fuel surcharge is really designed to stabilize your overall cost of fuel, regardless of what the price of the pump is doing. So if it's $2 a gallon or if it's $4 a gallon, your cost to operate should be the same or nearly the same uh, if you have a good fuel surcharge program. Now, if you're signing on to a carrier, doing a lease through a carrier, uh, I, I hope they have a, a fuel surcharge program for you and it's something you can trust in one of the things i i like to do is on social media i belong to a couple um different trucking groups on facebook and it's it's drivers um on there and and i don't really interact a whole lot with them it's just more for my own education is like what's going on in the in the driver world out there what are these guys talking about what's the pain points more than anything is what i'm trying to learn but i saw a post the other day and you could tell this guy was pretty inexperienced, just got into a lease program. And he says, uh, what should my cost of fuel be? And he thought it should be around a dollar a gallon. And I looked at that and I go, Whoa, it better not be a dollar a gallon. You're going to struggle. And, and what I'm thinking, even if today's fuel is four and a quarter a gallon, something like that, and you're running six miles per gallon, I think that's reasonable. If Hopefully you're getting better than that. Um, it shouldn't be that high. But when you throw fuel surcharge in there and think of that fuel surcharge, maybe like a rebate, if you will, uh, your cost on fuel should probably be closer to 50 cents or somewhere in that neighborhood, not up to a buck. But what I thought was really interesting was looking at all the comments. So part of the reason I sometimes I really dislike these groups is somebody's trying to ask an honest question and and educate themselves. And all they get back is 
60, 70, 100 responses, and it's just people just attacking them uh, with sarcasm and, you know, all kinds of different things going on. And this guy was really just trying to look for some help. And I guess he didn't he didn't know where to go for help. So probably one of the reasons I started this whole podcast was I was like, gosh, I got to do something. I got to at least try to help educate drivers and, and shoot it to them straight in uh try to find the truth in all of it but my disappointment in that was i bet 90 percent of the drivers that respond to the, the guy's question about what should fuel cost they all thought it was around a buck buck two and i'm i'm just like oh my goodness we've got a, a whole handful of operators out here that don't understand costs at all so it, it made me kind of sad and i wish i could have jumped in there with a comment and you know tried to help but i'm sure i would have just been attacked too like somebody that didn't know what they were talking about so anyways um the the Facebook groups and some of those things. Uh, if you belong to them, just be cautious with that. I I know there's you probably belong to them to try to ed- educate yourself and learn, but boy, there's a lot of bad information out there too. And it's it's no wonder why there's so many drivers and owner operators struggling right now. It's just because they probably haven't been educated uh, along the way when they bought their first truck. Let me ask you what you got for a business plan. So that would you know if you're going to jump into essentially starting your own small business a business plan should actually be one of the first things you do and get in line but uh let's just say you you do get into a lease program with your carrier that you're at or or a new carrier um you know what are you doing to keep score how do you know where you're at and when i talk about business plan uh it'd be great if you could write out a business plan of how how you intend the business to operate and work but even if you're not going to go do that, and I know that's a lot for for startup companies, what about what are you doing for financial results? In other words, how do you know where you're at month to month? How are you keeping score on your business? Because if you're not keeping score, how do you know what to change? How do you know what to fix? We uh, partner with a, a company that helps owner operators they do bookkeeping and and stuff for owner operators and they produce a monthly profit and loss statement for the owners uh we've had mostly good feedback about them we've had a few owners that decided they didn't like it for some reason but regardless of who you work with i think it's really really critical that you find somebody that you can trust with your books and somebody that can give you a score at the end of the month so you you know what to change you know what's working you know what's not working uh, maybe there's something in there you don't understand or something doesn't feel right so who are you going to go to uh, to help you make a change or an adjustment in your business so some kind of business planning and education and uh, financial statements are critical don't ignore them probably one of my biggest fears is i i know i got um we, we require it for all of our guys. They have to have some kind of a plan for um, keeping books and things like that. Now, what I don't know is how many of them actually use it and how many of them actually understand what those what the numbers are telling them and if they run their business by the numbers. I'm going to guess um, there's a handful of them that are still flying by the seat of their pants, but uh, it's critical. You got to have the numbers so you can guide your business. It's kind of like trying to navigate without a map, if you will. How do you run that? How do you run that business if you don't know where you're going? 
So that's kind of it for today's episode. Uh, again, it was just about getting that owner operator and small business mindset. Uh, it's something you really need to think about. If you if you feel like you're going to go uh, into this whole thing and you're just going to keep running like you always have as a company driver, you're probably going to have some struggles with it. Uh, it's it just doesn't work like that. Like I said, it's as a company guy, you're going. You've got a couple things you're responsible for. Just run the miles and make sure you get home on time and and uh, take your vacation. As a small business owner, all that stuff goes away, and all those responsibilities all of a sudden be, become you know yours to bear. So um, take some time to educate yourself. If your company doesn't offer any kind of education in a lease program. There are some things out there online that you can you can access. You can get to them. Uh, OIDA's got some decent stuff out there. Uh, there's a company called ATBS, um, ATBS.com. They've got some education out there, small business owners, and that's what they do is deal with owner operators. So maybe check those two uh, check those two places out and see if you can't help yourself along your way. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Driven Too Far. Check out the show notes for more information on the trucking industry.